Hey, hi, hello, and welcome to the after party where we will never, on my watch, have a bad Tuesday again. Yay! Fuck Tuesdays. Four more years. Four Four more years. Four Four more more years. years. (laughs) Guys, we did it. We're here for the after party, not just for the intensifying of this arc in episodes 47 and 48, but also the end of bad Tuesdays. Bad Tuesdays are gone forever. God. We're supposed to have one on February 15th. Not going to happen anymore. No, no, nope. no. Now it's just a regular episode. I hope you all are proud of yourself, listeners. <laughs> Giving Brandon more work to do. Hey, if uh, there are any advertisers out there who want to fill those spots, just like hit us up. Let us know if you're around. That'd be great. Amanda at Multitude.Productions. Hit me up. If there are any sponsors out there that want to sponsor me directly for just like living, hit me up. Uh, Brandon at Brandon.com. <laughs> hey, I know corporations are people, and we really appreciate that your downloads also count. Thank you to all of the corporations uh, and all the lobbying groups that have been giving <laughs> us Apple Podcast reviews. Listen, they still spend, and they spend zero because they don't matter for anything. PAC is Podcast Action Committee. <laughs> oh, if there's any corporations or lobbyists who want to, you know, uh, fund universal basic income, that would also be good. Like, I'll still keep making podcasts, but also. I'd like more money, please. <laughs> and we, we're we not done yet, guys. Like, what we're all hitting on here is that the work is not done because we are still creeping. As of this recording, we have, I think, 34 patrons to go till we hit 600 when we can exclusively tell you, we said it earlier this week on social, um, that we are going to commission a comic book style cover of the pals, the villains, the PCs and NPCs alike, the animal companions of Campaign 2. Fuck so yeah. Excited. Hell yes. We're looking at putting 40 characters together, and I've already made a spreadsheet of all of them. So many. There are so many people. I've already (laughs) had to leave some off because there's just so many I want to include. Who's not making the cut? Yeah, I I can't. Like, it doesn't feel like there's been 40 people we've met. Like, (laughs) you know? True. They add up quick, and we are laying the groundwork, but we do have to hit 600 patrons to actually pull that trigger and get this thing on the move. That's true. It's going to be a free digital download for all patrons, and it'll be available for sale as a poster. I do want to know Julia's question. Uh, who got cut? Who didn't make it? Yeah, who didn't make the cut? Oh, uh, unfortunately, Milo is not on it. Oh, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> my, my huge badaka doc was too big for that. <laughs> it was going to take up too much of the screen. That's true. I forgot that Milo keeps all of his ghost powers in dead ass. That dumb truck ass. <laughs> Before we get too too deep into the Vakakadunk, um, until we make Amanda too uncomfortable, let's talk a little bit about- This is what happens when the four of us get an after party. Yeah, that's true. Brandon waiting. was saying just before we started rolling that the four of us have not been united for an after party since, I guess, before Thanksgiving. So let's let's actually, let, let's do it. Let's do a vibe check. How's everybody doing? How's the vibe? Vibing. Keeping it tight. I'm feeling good. Airport free, baby. Woo. Love it. Good. Yes, Brandon, you were traumatically and truly stuck in an airport in middle America, uh, and I'm very sorry and very glad that you're home. I'm sure lots of listeners were, too, over that holiday period, and uh, yeah. I, I I vibe with you. I'm glad. Eric has the vibe. You're in a, a lovely, cozy-looking sweater, about to get some snow here in Brooklyn. How are you vibing? Ooh. Uh, this is all I want, is being able to wear a sweater and it being cold out. I am recording this ahead of time, so, <laughs> Julia, great joke. Thanks, No! <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, I think that I put all of our manic energy that I was saving for after parties, I think I put it into the last party planning. Oh, yeah. So I feel very satisfied <laughs> right now. Oh, my gosh. We're just so fun. If you're not a patron, listen, there's lots of incentives to join. If you haven't joined by now and the comic book cover is what's going to you know, really make it happen for you, that's great. But if not, you really got to watch the latest party planning uh, or listen to it where uh, Eric had a, a custom game show. Julia, what's the name of the game show? uh party for fun fuck hold on i didn't i, I threw out this Colin. post-it note i don't know anymore it's party, party for, fun. for fun a game show about, about the, the person, person who, who made the on, game who put show. on the game show who put on, on the, the game, game show, show colon eric silver's edition eric silver's edition y'all missed a colon but don't worry this is i the said best. the colon i said the colon there are two it's, party, colon for, watch. it's party for fun colon, colon. Colon. and then i said colon okay Brandon, fine ro- julia roll back the tape roll back the tape i said colon i did <laughs> 
but it was a lot of fun. So I feel like I, I took all that energy and, and tried to put it in there. But 2022 is going incredibly. You have all been incredible, and I cannot believe. And we got like 100 patrons in yeah. a week. Oh, I thought you were really talking about incredible. us and not the patrons. But yeah, the patrons are incredible, too. <laughs> I thought they so are too. incredible. We hit our first goal of 500 patrons in order to go weekly in like 10 hours. And then 550, our stretch goal, where we're like, let's just throw something up for 550 in case we hit it uh, in maybe like six more days. It was truly incredible. All within a week, definitely. Yeah. I just want to say, Julia, I hope you cut out Amanda saying the word colon <laughs> <laughs> and slowed it down in slow-mo and put it into the episode. Julia's making a, a mischievous face. Who can say? Colon. Lotta would like to know, what was the most exciting thing about the campaign to end Bad Tuesdays, other than, of course, ending Bad Tuesdays? Oh, wait. I feel like I should say, uh, you're all very good, and thanks for participating in my <laughs> well, thanks. You too. Of course. Mr. Mr. Really DM, fun. my favorite DM. Aw. Out of all the DMs you have, I am your favorite. Dr. M. I don't know why that came into my head, but now that's what that stands <laughs> for. There's only one Dr. M in Multitude, and that's Dr. McTeer. That's, that's fucking that's true. true. That's a good point. Uh, my most exciting moment of the campaign was when Amanda said, I don't know, fuck, let's just like, I, let's just do a campaign in Bad Tuesdays. And then it was like, oh shit, <laughs> time slowed down. It was beautiful. It's true. All the hours I spent watching the West Wing while studying abroad in London during the 2012 election primaries really uh, came to bear in that moment. <laughs> yeah. I don't think this is the question a lot of asked. I think the most, well, this tied together. The most exciting thing about the campaign is that, one, obviously, the fact that we are going weekly is incredible. I'm very excited that, like, this, it's moving the, the more episodes per capita, which is very nice for me, especially because I know what we're going to do, what we're doing in the rest of campaign two, what's happening afterwards is very exciting. Yeah, we just finished recording, I think, episode 52 or three. And, like, we want to get it out there to y'all. We want you to hear it. And so now you can hear it faster. But I think the other thing is that it's nice to know that, like, us and the listeners are aligned. Like, we were thinking about going weekly anyway, in general. But I think that there was, we wanted to make sure that it was something that y'all wanted to do as well. And it's nice to know uh, you did want to do that and you put your money where your mouth is and telling us that we should do it. I'm glad that our listeners want to listen to more. That is like, I know that's kind of like a silly thing when you say it out loud like that, but the idea no. that it's very validating being like, mm -hmm. oh, you guys want more. Okay, let's go. That's good. Yeah, I love that. I didn't thought about that yet, but that's very sweet. Thank you. And Moss, comma, a huge fluffy bee on Discord, um, asked how long the campaign to end Bad Tuesdays has been in the works. And the answer was a couple of months, because at the end of each year, we like to take stock and ask what went well the year before, what we want to do going forward. As we've talked about a little bit, as we're looking toward kind of the end of campaign two, asking ourselves what we're excited to do and, and planning for what's next. And part of that conversation in my recollection was like, what what if? What if we went weekly? What would that take? What would we need? Would that be fun? Would it, you know, keep mm -hmm. the show fun for us and for the listeners? And one of the answers was like, we would love to go weekly, but we need to make sure we have a the desire of the listeners to support that. And B, you know, all the time that we don't spend making join the party, we're spending doing, you know, client work and other kinds of parts of our jobs and, you know, making enough money to support ourselves. And so having more patrons means that we know that support is locked in and we know that we can take the time out of doing other people's podcasts to do our own. Yeah, also, I mean, like, the, the added Patreon, so, so another thank you to all of y'all listeners of, like, now with that additional money, it means, like, if one of us, me or Julia, needs a break or can't hit a week or whatever, like, we have the, the cushion to hire someone to edit that episode or whatever. So it's lovely, and I appreciate it. Yeah. Eric, here's some script writing praise. Absaw13 on Instagram said, not a question, but as someone who writes legal disclaimers for a living, I cackled at the one that Amanda read. Excuse me, Absaw, what is it like writing legal dis disclaimers Tell for a living? Tell us more. Yeah, Please. you must be a lawyer, right? Like, that's you have to be a lawyer to do that? I, I think don't know. You can, I think there are technical writers who maybe draft them and then lawyers read them, something like that. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I think it's like possible. it's like you have to include these things. Okay, this person writes all that out. Well, thank you. That was really it was really fun to do. How's that baby doing? Uh, still wants pomelos. Uh, <laughs> I also now know what pomelos are. Yay. So yeah. uh, we all learned something. Brandon had to cut out a whole section where I was Googling what a pomelo was because I couldn't <laughs> I had never heard of it before. I also knew what a pomelo was the entire time. And Julia was like, I'm going to educate Eric on what a pomelo is. I was educating myself. And then you also told me you didn't know what it was. So I told you. <laughs> Julia was also I educating Brandon about what a pomelo was. So it's fine. <laughs> 
we, we, I wasn't going to drop it in the middle. Hey, uh, Brandon, while you're editing this, just so you know, I do know what a pavella was. But I'm going to go back to not knowing what it was. Yeah, no, we were trying to figure out how we were going to do this. And then we're like, all right, let's all do something together. And then everyone kind of looked at me. And I'm like, all right, I guess I'm writing something. <laughs> and then I kind of went into a fugue state. Uh, and uh-huh. then I just kind of I put it out. What's very funny is the disclaimer I had looked up, like, if there were transcripts of pills commercials and stuff. Pharmaceutical. Yeah, pharmaceutical uh, commercials. And there was, like, a template for people who were doing voiceover for pharmaceutical commercials. Oh. So, like, it was there were actors. So I was scrolling through, and that framing was, like, something that they had come up with. <laughs> and I swapped, like, the word podcast for pills. And I'm like, yeah, this is the most weird, stilted language I had seen. So I, I started with that as language, and then I put, uh, put the other stuff in. I love that. So thank you to that, whoever wrote that. Thing. I really appreciate that. Mr. Pills. Can I tell you a fun fact? Yeah. So when, because you mentioned the voice actor script for that kind of thing, mm-hmm. legally they can't speed up the disclaimers. So they oh. have to hire voice actors who can speak very quickly. Whoa. Oh, I didn't know that. So like, mm-hmm. like Eminem or Twister or whatever. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> they hire Eminem to read all of the uh, yeah. pharmaceutical stuff now. He just does a lot of voices. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like a lot of new commercials have been doing, rather than doing the sped up thing at the end, they're just like, it's like ASMR, but for they side effects. They sprinkle it in real slow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. This th- may cause early death and also strokes and yeah. and you're like oh no i don't like that this will somehow kill you worse. twice and it's slow motion <laughs> children playing in a playground yeah i hate it when i take my new meds and my palms are sweaty my knees are weak and my arms are heavy <laughs> <laughs> and there's popping on my sweater already you got to watch out for that do you have, you have to consult the doctor it's cuz you didn't eat your pills with mom's spaghetti i was what? nervous <laughs> i should have taken my pills right before battle rap 8 mile <laughs> <laughs> Julia. Oh, guys. <laughs> I got Julia, yes. No, it was Amanda just saying eight miles. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, guys. Oh, guys. Avi Davi Do on Insta would like to uh, just put a concept out there. Okay, they write concept. A campaign to end all bad days. Join the party every day. <laughs> Fingers pointing at each other emojis. It's like, maybe. I mean, and we die. We could do that if we just put like 10, 10 minutes. If we do 70 minute episodes, just put 10 minutes out every day. That would be a terrible experience. I don't know if I could sell an ad on that. <laughs> I wonder how many, if I could put seven cliffhangers in an, in oh, in an episode. Take it back, Avi Davi. Take it back. You enter a room. Da, 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 da. <laughs> what? There's something in the room. Frank Partybow would like to say, since bad Tuesdays are gone, do we now just have bad Mondays where we're waiting for the next episode? <laughs> Not if you're a patron that gets the early episodes. That's true. That's or party point. planning, which comes out on Mondays when we have them. Mm-hmm. Julia killing the sales. Yeah. I do want to give a shout out specifically to the Discord who popularized the term Bad Tuesdays. And now that they're gone, I think it's up to them to figure out what the next thing is for us to, you know, co-opt and put into our podcast. I thought, again, noun, subject, pronoun, whatever, etiquette thing. I thought you meant everyone in the Discord was gone? (laughs) Like you had cleaned out the Discord. I will do. I'll start transcribing what I'm saying so that you you two can just see it. I'll put it up. I'll hold it up to the camera while I'm saying it. That would be helpful. And final question in this chapter of the campaign to end Bad Tuesdays, ending the era of Bad Tuesdays, now beginning a new era of no Bad Tuesdays. Kim and a cup of tea wanted to know what our prediction was for when we were going to reach 500. We honestly wanted it to happen in about about a month yeah we were saying like okay we're launching this on the bad tuesday of january so we have about 30 days till the bad tuesday of february and like i was not planning i didn't sell ads on that episode like i i planned on still having a bad tuesday because maybe we'd hit it like just before or kind of on or around that date so doing it in 10 hours like blew our expectations out of the water Mm -hmm. wild yeah i woke up uh because i'm on pacific time so i'm three hours behind everyone so i woke up to like you know, 45 emails because I get the JTP emails to my phone and notifications on the dis- on the Discord and on our Slack of like, oh, shit, we already hit it, huh? <laughs> oh, it's it's happening. Happened while you slept, Brandon. While you Well, slept. that's because I was choking a lot of those <laughs> Slack messages. 
people were trying to figure out how to how to keep me from joking. But no, the other that was happening at the same time. And <laughs> shout out to the question surgeon Michelle Spurgeon for keeping that count going. It was so exciting to see messages all the time. Eric was refreshing his phone constantly for like two days, and then we all needed a big nap, uh, particularly you. So mm-hmm. we were very very happy and excited. And uh, Michelle's still doing it. That's true. Uh, I, we're at thirty two now. I mean, we're still Whoa. going. I definitely want to hit that that six hundred. Uh, that would be incredible. Yeah, I want that poster. I I, want that I just poster. want that. We're gonna have the poster, then y'all won't see it. Like we're all just gonna look at it <laughs> in our own homes. Us. Just four copies. Oh, that'd be so rude. Like the poster's already being made. Like we're working on it. So like, <laughs> it's up to you. You have to unlock it for yourself. And we're like, oh, nice. I'm so <laughs> glad we commissioned this. I had so much fun pulling reference art for that poster, like yeah. going through old comic book art and being like, look at this X-Men cover. This one's so cool. <laughs> it's going to be sick as fuck. I can't wait. I can't wait. But guys, we also put out two episodes since the last after party. So let's make sure we get going on that. I know nothing. There's no heisting. There's no so. like bees or hawks or like any other kinds of animals. So no. there's no. not a lot to talk about. Just but... naps. Yeah. Just naps. Chill time. Eric, out. it was really nice of you to give us a couple episodes where nothing happened and no one was imperiled. So we made a lot of bowling rolls. That was weird. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I shouldn't have spent so long coming up with a bowling mechanic. I then I we had to do it because I spent five hours on it, so we have to spend two episodes. Probably. How many pins are there in bowling? Twelve? Twelve? Ten. 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 It's ten. I'm it's a dummy. ten. <laughs> it's ten. Yeah, we can just roll a D ten. We found the mechanic, guys. Yeah. Brandon, why why did I spend five hours coming up with a bowling mechanic if you're going to not even know how many pins there are? Isn't your character also, a the D12. bowler? You should know this, Brandon. That's true. Raven-Eyed on Discord asked something that I would also like to know. Eric, did you ever expect to see Dr. Morrow's access card show up again? Would using the other card have given a different outcome? Uh, well, first, I want to—I've already sent flowers to Brandon's house for remembering his items. Proud of you. And it was a real jerk move because I was allergic, so I don't know what this message was you were sending. Oh yeah, I sent five <laughs> Venus flytraps to bite your face. <laughs> so no, I did not think this was going to come up. I feel like we kind of resolved this with like the, some of the secrets surrounding Doctor Morrow and the key card. Well, it broke the security of the OTA. More than anything, I think with this particular quote-unquote mega dungeon that we're looking at, I'm really trying to separate myself as the DM from what the OTA would do. So it's not like like you broke into an actual dungeon that it's like, if you come in here and you get the gauntlet of magic, then the world is over. Like It's not keeping people out. It's that only specific people need to have access to this place. We've already talked about, I mean, that was a really smart move because... We already know the cross-pollination between Hank and Dr. Morrow's ideas and who, and also because they, they kissed and boned. Uh, so, honestly, it was an incredible move. And, of course, she has full access. No, I did not see it coming, but I thought it was very, very smart. And it gave you directly uh, – it was an express elevator to where you had to go. Oh, really? Did I miss – like, did it allow me to skip over issues or the two basement things right yeah there were there were basement levels that amanda had found in the orientation pamphlet so you you knew i think you must have known about that because i think amanda got the orientation yeah. pamphlet before so you didn't yeah you you skipped over some stuff but you know you you're going to heist you want to you need to go to the basement to the lowest level as fast as possible so it was it was a great move i was very proud of you hey thanks i appreciate that so would the card that I had passed to Milo worked and brought him to the level that he ended up on or no? I don't think it would have been as much of an express elevator. I think it would have gone all the way. So you were able to seamlessly go to HS, which I guess is kind of because, you know, that's only as far as that elevator goes and then you have to go over there. And it didn't arouse any suspicion at all. I think if you had gotten your hands on that, if you'd use that key card it would have been like, who is going down to HS, I think is a question that would have come up. Yeah, why is the guest key card going into an area the guest shouldn't be? Right. Exactly. And then the, so the whole distraction would then have, the distraction worked as it did because it was only a single movement of something that could have been, if you missed it and you weren't looking at it specifically, and you're like, oh, I guess Dr. Morrow is here, maybe, possibly, if you weren't paying attention. But if like this employee that was going down and had to hit every elevator floor, that would have been, someone might have thrown the alarm on, for sure. 
Moss, a huge fluffy bee on Discord, says, I know Charlene said she didn't have a superpower, but is her actual superpower being good at her job and not murdering Judd? (laughs) (laughs) I think all of the members of the OTA have that superpower of not murdering Judd because it requires restraint. They could fire Judd, uh, but that would be too easy. Well, why do you think Judd's not at the family uh, field <laughs> oh, day right now? Oh, that's true. That's true. I think it's because he's very serious about his job. That's true. <laughs> and women on the internet. <laughs> there was <laughs> my favorite thing was Brandon going, "Oh, I love Judd," and then immediately going, "I hate Judd." <laughs> It's really good. It's a real, like, a, a friend visiting, you know, from out of town, and they're like, all right, who do we hate when you, like, get to a party or a bar? It's yeah. like, ah, oh, you're good people. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Julia, did you like that this the guy who was an analog for Cyclops was a big asshole? Did you like yeah, that? Yeah, that feels right. It no. feels right. Because oh, with his eye beams and his ocular pat down. I do love uh, Charlene as played by Nicole Byer, who I just oh, found yeah. out is one of the hosts of the new Wipeout with John Cena. I'm like, that is the best pairing I've ever seen in my entire life. That's hilarious. I love that. Mm-hmm. Nicole Byer is cooking. She's on that uh, Grand Crew, that new comedy yeah. uh, oh, as well. She? Yeah. Oh, and cool. She's crushing it. It's. I want to specifically say Nicole Byer as an actor is a little less chaotic than she is on like Nailed It and her stand-up, but she then channels it into the lines, which is how I was really seeing and then starting to envision Charlene. And the fact that, you know, listen, NPCs can come to you in waves. Like, you don't <laughs> need to know who they are. It's very much the thing is, like, if someone start, if you start interacting with them, then start filling them in as they get interacted with. So that's very much, uh, very much how I was feeling it. I think Nicole Byer was, like, on Brooklyn Nine-Nine at one point, or one of those other comes as like a guest star as someone's like sister or something mm-hmm. and like that was what I was I was channeling. I dig it. I love it. That's a great segue into a question by Miranda in Discord saying that if campaign two were made into a TV show, who would play each of the NPCs? If that is too broad, we can also look at the latest episode. We have, of course, Nicole Byer as Charlene, but also who would play or voice Golden Feather, Judd Judkins, the Bee, etc. Well an eagle would play Golden Feather. <laughs> Yeah, well, Brandon, sure. do I ever have a visual and oral aid for you? By which I mean, Eric pulled this research and I am going to drop it now into the chat for all of us to pull up. So this comes from the person who knows the size of a golden eagle and would just like to point out that eagles don't sound like what we think they sound like in those law commercials yeah, and stuff. They actually add the sound of a red-tailed hawk um, because eagles don't sound very good. So I am now going to, for the first time, listen to this. 10 hours of eagle sounds. Yeah, 10 hours of eagle sounds, baby. Okay. <gasps> what? I, I just clicked on a random spot because I'm like, I'm not going to start from the beginning. And I went in like 35 minutes in and I'm, it was just like, <laughs> they sound like delicate little songbirds. What the fuck? Yeah, they're just like, it's just very screechy. Oh, no. They're, they're not the brightest little birds either. Oh, man. Ben Franklin was right with the turkeys. He really was. Turkeys are dope. I love the idea of, like, there being the Super Bowls happening, and then, like, you know, (laughs) the big flag that's paid for by the DOD (laughs) is stretched out all across across the field, and then, like, the fighter jets go by, and then you hear over the loudspeaker, (laughs) I love that. that. That makes a lot more sense. I would be proud of my country, then. Because I'll proudly stand up, gobble you, and defend her still today. Oh, incredible. Thank you for that, for that, Eric. Oh, man. Uh, okay, who would play the bee? I am picturing, like, are we not doing our characters? Are we just doing the NPCs? That was what was most exciting to me, but who yeah. would play our characters? Um, I I have to be, um, oh, boy. the The young hot guy right now. Like in fame from Dune. Timothy Chalamet? Yes. Timothy. Okay, so I looked this up and I could be pronouncing this very wrong and probably am, but what, how I read it phonetically online is Timothy Chalamet. Chalamet. 
It's it's a French name. I love that it that it rhymes though. Also, Timothy Chalamet after his turn in Dune as like a pouty uh, space prince. I'm like, yeah, Milo, hundred percent, hundred percent, yeah. <laughs> but he shot from the ground up, like the opposite of Elijah Wood in Lord of the Rings, so he looks taller. I mm-hmm. think that makes a lot more. Sense. I would also do Elijah Wood. I love Elijah Wood. It's just very funny to me that you picked the like the, the twinkiest actor. I don't find Timothy Chalamet very attractive. I think that he looks like a Victorian boy who has been sick for a very long time. I 100 percent agree yeah, with you. Yeah, ask Lauren. I constantly say, and I apologize to anyone out there who thinks Timothy Chalamet is attractive, but I'm like Timothy. <laughs> that person is is not. That person is not attractive. They are the opposite of attractive. <laughs> Have you seen the photos from the Wonka movie? Mm-mm. He he looks like you know in the in the My Brother My Brother and Me TV show where Griffin was wearing a top hat. He looks like that. Oh no! <laughs> I don't want to see. So a hundred percent, I'm with you. I I think that was a really good pull for our reasons, Brandon. For that, mm-hmm. there's a version of Sarah Ramirez like ten years ago, maybe who could have played Val. Yeah, or maybe um maybe Bex. Yes, I was going to say, oh, Bex yeah. Taylor Kloss is probably the only person that I would trust to play Val. There's not a lot of non-binary people in Hollywood right now, and I think that they would do a pretty fantastic job, which is also weird because now they're like a friend of one of my friends, and I'm just like, I could know you. I've seen you on TV. This feels <laughs> unusual. I would really like Shannon Purser, who played Barb on Stranger Things, yeah. to oh, play Aggie. I love that. I Hell think yeah. her physicality is definitely what I was picturing. Though I, I pictured Aggie as kind of like less like glamorous and like you know Shannon Purser is like a beautiful actor, but I I think she would do a really good job. I haven't watched Sierra Burgess as a loser, which um, she had like a the titular role in, but I think she's a really really good performer. Yeah, no, I think that's pretty on brand for Aggie. I'm just picturing Shannon Purser with a hat that's also a sword. <laughs> it's really funny. In terms of the, I know wearing like, because remember the hat is inspired by Mortal Kombat, so that's even funnier to me. Uh In terms of the NPCs here, I think Agent Golden Feathers would be great as Mark Evan Jackson. Oh, yes. That's a good one. Who, of course, plays the main antagonist from The Good Place. Because I said Ocular Pat Town, Judd Judkins does need to be Rob McElhenney from Oh my God, that would be so funny. (laughs) Philadelphia. I mean, it's very much on brand uh, in, in that. I think the B is definitely like there's a voice actor who is playing the CGI B, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I, I, Julia, you would probably know their names better than I would, but, like, you know, the woman who was Azula from... Oh, yeah, um, Gray Griffin. Yeah, who plays Azula from uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. Janet Varney could probably do it well as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but So definitely I want to put a voice actor in as the B. Or oh, the yeah. um, the lady you guys love from Hey Riddle Riddle. Oh, oh Eric Eric would be great. Yeah. I'm a bee. I'm a bee. <laughs> I'm a bee. I'm a little bee. <laughs> She'd be great. I'm a big queen bee. I'm squishy. I'm a squishy bee. <laughs> this is a complete aside, but I don't think... Is anyone else watching Peacemaker on HBO Max? I started it, but I wasn't super into it. I am very much enjoying it. I think John Cena is a delight. But there is a companion eagle that he has named Eagly. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, that's like, it's a CGI eagle, but it's pretty cool. And then I was looking at the cast. I'm like, of course it's played by Dee Bradley it's Baker. It's Bradley of Baker. I did the was. same thing, Julia. Dee Bradley Baker, voice of literally everything you've ever seen ever if it was animated. That's true. Yep. If it was an animal, it's either Dee Bradley Baker or Alan Tudyk. Those yeah. are the only two choices. Yeah. If you've ever watched Star Wars Clone Wars, he just all is clones. all of the clones. Wow. <laughs> Very funny. I respect it. The impossible giraffe on Insta is Nat, who's the molecular biologist and neuroscientist that likes figuring out how Dr. Morrow does what she does. We've heard from them before. So they write to us, hey, hi, hello, after party question from Nat, your Aussie science pal. My question is, is Rosebeard what happened when Dr. Morrow tried to genetically engineer Blockbuster but failed? Like I can imagine (laughs) her getting distracted or inspired by a conservation movement at the time, like the dodo, et cetera, um, and accidentally adding or expressing the wrong gene or something, or maybe just getting a shitty sample lull. I saw someone else mention Rosebeard and like something to the effect of oh they just were born or something like that i'm like they attend college they have to have a social security number <laughs> was rosebeard born then i would bet that and eric you tell me if this is wrong but i would bet that they can express their treeness more or less 
and they're just like fully embraced their treeness as an as an adult, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are a few different ways you could have taken it. I think that this is something that we've established l- lately, but you know, like the Delta radiation explosion, the ley lines, and all the different ways that people can become superheroes. Not it's not just like the scientific experiment thing in which we started the podcast. So like it's a few different ways. Like this could be a Ben Grimm situation. You could turn it on and off, like like Brandon suggested. They could have been born like a tree giant. It's totally up to you. I don't have a specific headcanon, but I think that it's not just Although, Nat, I appreciate you trying to apply science to the wild shit that comes out of my brain. <laughs> um, I don't know exactly what it is. So it's possible. I don't know if Dr. Morrow is to blame for this specific one. Though. Yeah, what, what happened is Brandon, the player, needed a uh, a nice little <laughs> NPC to use. <laughs> and so they were born. to use his special spell. Correct. 100%. My assumption was it was very like X-Men secondary mutation, like how... Iceman for the longest mm. time, you know, was a person who could shift into ice form. And then he got stuck in ice form for like uh, at least two or three years in the comics. And then they were like, you can revert back now, my guy. Now I'm picturing Rosebeard like getting lost on camping trips. And he's like, what? I was there the whole time. And he's just like <laughs> in, ro- in tree form in the campsite. I love it. They go to chop down more firewood. <laughs> it's yeah. a very confusing. Um, I have a question about episode 47 before we go on. Yeah. Hey, so like. Why'd you immediately split the party? I don't fucking know, Eric. Not. <laughs> I don't think we were planning on it. And then... yeah, we certainly weren't, Julia. It wasn't me. Aggie went through a fucking window. <laughs> I did. I did. We. I think in the episode, we you went through the window, and then which was awesome. I loved it. But then I think I was like, "Yeah, come back down, and we'll all meet up again." And then Julia was like, "Go to the roof." <laughs> I wanted to know what was on the roof. Eric was dropping a lot of hints about something cool on the roof. Listen, my the majority of my D and D experience is on the show, and so I know don't split the party as a an adage that people talk about, and we've talked about why splitting the party can actually be really fun and entertaining in D and D media before. So I maybe no one taught me to no one taught me fear. Okay, nobody <laughs> nobody taught me that this is a bad thing to do, and I think that with a sort of I don't know, it, it's like it's like you unleashed us at at the the McDonald's playpen, and like I, yeah. I want to like go to the top and the bottom and in the ball pit and on the swings and like. I just I want to see every part of the set piece that we were introduced to. So I think it makes a lot of sense to actually split up and cover different ground and be able to share notes because uh, we're specifically looking for a thing that if we spread out our search party, don't we have a better chance of finding it? Yeah. And in the Oceans movies, it's not like all 11 of them are huddled <laughs> yes, together Julia. for the entire film. Yes. They're all, all 11 of them are in the suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> I 100% agree with you, and I think that it, I was just going to say, in a heist, it's a little bit different. But I agree. I thought that you guys were going to, like, in the Oceans movies, they, like, they don't all just, like, fucking go to the, in different directions and then, like, maybe meet up once the heist is done. They go back to that hotel room, and then they, like, swap out. So I thought that you were all going to come back together. It's totally fine, and it's very interesting. And luckily, Amanda used all of her key points to stay safe. But, but Jesus Christ. The problem is we didn't have any opportunity to case the place, which is yeah. what they do in the Oceans movies. And then they come back to the hotel room to like plan yeah, things. Yeah, they know where the vault is. They know where the where the things they have to steal. And we didn't. So it felt like there was there are kind of two parts to the heist. And one is sort of locating or figuring out where things aren't, at least, or maybe where the thing we need to to find is. And then it's a matter of how we get there. That's fair. Also, I don't know. Brandon is deflecting so much blame because he took an express elevator to hell away from everyone else. <laughs> Well, I mean, like, once we split the party, I, I agree with Amanda. Like, I was going to just dive fully in. I Look, I also wanted to know it was on the roof. I'm not I'm not being 100% <laughs> honest. But I did, and if you play the fucking tape back and hear, hear Amanda say colon in slow motion, you'll hear me say, uh, I guess, I guess, okay. <laughs> Incredible. I probably would have gone with either one of you but because we split i wanted to stay in the middle in case one of you needed help which actually mm-hmm. kind of worked out in our favor when amanda got attacked by a I giant golden help. eagle yeah yeah and uh, okay we've been talking about a lot of division here guys before i go and refill our chip bowl i, I want to end on a note of harmony which this comes from kim and a cup of tea on insta if multi sheet wraps around <laughs> gas cloud milo and val heats it <laughs> Is that a hot air balloon? Yes. It could be. And also painful for Milo and Aggie, I think, but fun. It should be. 
I feel like the question is, what kind of gas are you made of when you turn into a gaseous cloud? Mm, yeah, true. that's true. Yeah. What if it's just like helium and I just float in the air anyway? Yeah, so I don't even have to heat you. <laughs> yeah, if he floats, he's lighter than air. Isn't that go. one gas where you you breathe it in and you talk really low? <laughs> Argon or uh, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And finally, wrapping up episodes 47 and 48, Jay Elmo on Insta asks, was there something in the server room? Hey, <laughs> hey Eric, when, was there when we got this in question, the server room? When we got this question, Julia was like, hey, yeah, Eric, what the fuck? Was hey, there? Eric, what the fuck? I what I, I what I can say to this is that I have been really trying to take middling roles as like successes with complications or instead of just being like you fail for bad roles like putting tags and conditions like you would from other game systems. Well, did you forget something is some more something I wanted to put in your head cuz especially with the perception check is like oh you see it or you don't is kind of boring. Uh, so I just, that's what I was putting in there. Yeah. I can't say for sure uh, because we're going to look at it a little bit more. All right, everybody. I'm going to go back into the kitchen, get us some refills on our chips and dips and nachos and grapes. I just want grapes around all the time. Clay Pasture had it right. Okay. Be right back. Hey, it's Amanda. I tried to think of like a wintry themed anecdote to start this mid-roll with, but the honest answer of the sort of small moment that gave me the most pleasure over the last little while is peeling a clementine and realizing that it's exactly ripe. Sometimes it's too hard. Sometimes it's too soft. Sometimes it's like dried out. Sometimes it's really hard to peel, but occasionally you'll get one that peels just like genetic engineering wanted it to and tastes amazing. And you're like, damn, is there a better fruit? Is there a better citrus? What are Parmelos anyway? Welcome to the mid-roll. Thank you to all of our new patrons. Okay, there are still so many of you coming in, so get ready. Thank you to Emily, Moritz, Lisa, Justin, Matthew, Casey, Carlos, M, Jacqueline, Katrina, Ian, Lexbox, Sarah, Jordan, Hallie, Lissa, Sarah, and Sunflower. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You have us well on our way, fewer than 20 patrons to go, to hitting 600, which means we get to commission a giant comic book cover of all the PCs and NPCs of Campaign 2. This will be a free digital download for all patrons just to thank you for your support and also available for everybody to purchase as a physical poster on our merch store. Go to patreon.com slash join the party pod to become a patron. Or if you already are, tell someone else to join up. Come on. Yo. Oh, and in case we didn't say enough because the campaign to end Bad Tuesdays kind of was a big thing, uh, we also made January dice. They're super cute. The Nat Ones have a bow tie that says stop it on them. They're adorable. Go to the merch store, jointhepartypod.com slash merch to get those dice now. It's also a great time to get into a new podcast. So if you haven't yet, I think you should check out Horse. This is a podcast all about ridiculous stories, internet drama, and some of the biggest and baddest personalities out there today, all from the world of basketball. Hosts Adam Amawala and Mike Schubert want the world to know how amazing the history and culture of basketball is. They're here to fight gatekeeping and prove that this is a great sport for everyone to follow, from folks who are super fans of all the athletics to people who haven't ever really cared about sports before and are kind of in it for the memes. So go to horsehoops.com or search for horse in your podcast app. We are sponsored this week by Monk Pack. This is a low-sugar, keto-friendly bar that is plant-based, gluten-free, and non-GMO. They are a great snack if you're trying to cut back on sugar and carbs without sacrificing taste or just want something that's really good to keep around the house. Monk Pack is also very confident in their product, and it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. That means if you don't like it for whatever reason, they'll exchange the product or refund your money. You get to choose. So get 20% off your first purchase of any Monk Pack product by visiting monkpack.com and entering our code JOINTHEPARTY at checkout. To get started, just go to monkpack.com, that's M-U-N-K-P-A-C-K.com, and select any product. Then enter code JOINTHEPARTY at checkout to save 20% on your purchase. We are also sponsored this week by Skillshare. They're one of our oldest and favorite sponsors and a great place to learn new skills, deepen existing passions, and get lost in creativity. For anyone involved in gaming, it's a great place to learn about creative writing, about painting, about describing worlds, about shooting video, about music, anything that you want to kind of involve in your hobby, in your RPGs, or just do for relaxation and for fun, you gotta check it out. I even made a course on Skillshare if you wanna learn what my face looks like and hear me talk about podcast marketing, you can just search podcast marketing, how to grow your audience in Skillshare. 
So listen, go to Skillshare.com slash join the party for a free trial of premium membership. Explore your creativity at Skillshare.com. That's S-K-I-L-L-S-H-A-R-E.com slash join the party for a free trial of premium membership. And finally, we are sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. We talk about BetterHelp a lot on the show, and this month they wanted us to discuss some of the stigmas around mental health. And I know I felt a lot of shame for seeking therapy when I first did. I thought, well, if nothing bad happened to me, then am I allowed to go to therapy? And the answer is, if I'm not enjoying my life, if I want just sort of an impartial person I can talk things out with, if I just feel like there is stuff bottled up and I don't have anywhere to turn, therapy can be a really, really good tool to use. BetterHelp provides customized online therapy with video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anybody on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with the therapist in under 48 hours. Give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp online therapy, including me, every week for the last two years. So once more, this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and Join the Party listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash join the party. That's B-E-T-T-E-R com slash join the party. And now back to the after party. Okay, I'm back. Don't worry, all the fruit has already been washed, so enjoy. If we get 600 patrons, Amanda's going to bring back pomelos. <laughs> hey. Rude. I will. I'll ship pomelos to each of your houses. Oh, <laughs> she'll do it. Watch me, bitch. <laughs> oh, watch. oh, no. Oh, oh, no. Oh, no. I had coffee. Okay. Dungeon and Daddy's getting our fucking level. <laughs> <laughs> Who threatens that they're gonna send you fruit? What a rude tale! Nice, Ooh, fucking got him. Getting rude. Here are some fun game and character questions from the people. All right, Neela asks, "Do you remember Mario, the fire thrower it's from Little Italy, that was created in the after party for episodes three and four? And the co- college student that can stretch, were they with you guys during the heist? Uh, no, because we don't remember things <laughs> unless we immediately read them down. And that was in the after party and not in the in the party party. It wasn't canon. Yeah. Why I don't did think... we make up Mario? <laughs> I don't Maybe we're joking about Little Italy? I don't know. Oh, Maybe. no, the college student who can stretch, that was Misha's character from, right. uh, from Join the Team. I don't yeah. think they're in college yet. I think they're still in high school. Right. So, uh, so no, they still they still go to the, uh, the palette. Um, Neil also wants to know, was the invisible villain that Brandon created in Bro You Had to Be There, Derek the Invisible Bard? Who can say? I don't know. Who can say? We know nothing about that invisible person now, so we're No one's ever seen them, so. Frank Partybow would like to know, what color is Golden Feather's tie? I was picturing like a Republican red. That's also what I was going to say. Oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) That's what you said in the episode. It was was red. I think I I I said in the episode it was Republican red. Okay. You didn't say Republican red specifically, so if you want to change that, you can, but you said red. Yeah, Brandon, can you go back into the episode and put Republican? <laughs> Here, I'll give it to you clean. Republican. <laughs> thank you. Thank That's you. podcasting, baby. <laughs> Father of the Bird on Insta, very suitable name, would like to know what, besides 11 field mice, is in Agent Goldenfeather's mini fridge? <laughs> a fish. A whole fish. A whole fucking whole salmon in the mini fridge, just like jammed in there. Yeah, I yeah, like that. Yeah, for sure. A hundred percent. More, more field mice. <laughs> um, How about like um, a really fancy herbal tea that's like piney and sappy? I like that. I want to drink that. I've never seen a bird drink before, so I feel like that would be a very funny thing to watch during like a performance review. <laughs> so funny. I, I really like the idea of there being like a lunch and learn where they got like a, you know, one of those like protein and two veg hot lunches from like one of those places that sell it for like $20 and then like watching sorry Amanda's looking up a YouTube video right now called How Birds Drink I thought so you were I'm distra- <laughs> so I'm currently well, distracted real quick. I'm really distracted as Amanda's doing that <laughs> they just dunk their whole head under there and some water gets in wow it's a real dog situation real dog situation cool okay so uh, I really like the idea of someone's at a mandatory lunch and learn and Agent Golden Feather is leading about some sort of like, 
I don't know, a spy, sussy, lo- looking out for terrorists. Yeah, <laughs> social the, engineering. So, social engineering. And then, like, watching, like, they got, like, a 10 or $12 sandwich, and then watching them just fucking pick at it and attack it while, while having to, like, take notes while also uh, having lunch is just very funny to me. I love the idea of, like, maybe they have, like, a real big aquarium on the floor with ancient golden feather which is live salmon and during lunchtime he just like circles it and then dives down and eats one i love that that might be in the that's probably in on the third floor considering uh agent gold feather is number two uh amanda i think if you want to retake that eagle sound effects you can (laughs) that was it that was better (laughs) <laughs> no, no, they play the sound of a red hawk while he eats because part oh, right, of like his right. whole intimidation thing. That's yeah. very funny. Peggy Pegs on Discord would like to know, random thought while getting caught up on the show after the holidays, is the smartest person in Lake Town City TM based on Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur? Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, there are a bunch of al- uh, of allegories that we found before. So Judge Judkins is obviously uh, Cyclops. Uh, Lou and Room is inspired by Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. There's a few more that I, I can't really think of right now. Um, I think Dez is pretty close to Bishop in my head, except Bishop is from the future and Dez is just a real chill guy. Uh, Dez <laughs> almost in my mind is Bishop, but with the powers of Forge. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. the vibe. Yeah, there are a few other ones. Uh, like I, I had said this before, but it was very funny during lockdown. Amanda and I watched a lot of the older Marvel movies, you know, before it was just capital C content. Phase one, phase one. Yeah, phase one, phase two. And like, I realized how similar Dr. Morrow and early Samuel L. Jackson, Nick Fury are, uh, <laughs> which I, I always like before before S.H.I.E.L.D.'s giant fucking thing got destroyed uh, by Loki in, in Avengers. Like, very, very similar. Yeah, there's a real, like, whimsy to Nick Fury that I, I miss. Yeah. So, yeah, there are some there are some more uh, analogs that I, I can't remember right now, but probably if, if you're thinking of something. Moss, a huge fluffy bee, says, is there a powered person that has such high charisma that they never get attacked, as in that's their power? I love this idea. <laughs> Yeah, probably. Yeah, uh, you cool. listen. If you want to make your Lake Town City Sona, go ahead and do it. Do yeah. it. That sounds great. Make some art of yourself. Ah, so we love art, man. Tweet it. Just write it up. Tweet it at us. Would do whatever. Yeah. They probably exist. They're out there. Bernie MPI says, "What are Val's opinions on the Italian sandwich? Is the term traditional, or has it been manipulated by American culture, like the genre and phrase Italian sandwich, like?" When you order a sub and there's like, it's an Italian sub. Yeah. I mean, the Italian sub is a Italian American invention. Like really like the idea of like putting salami and a bunch of vegetables and stuff like that on a sandwich. Capicola. Jardinera. Do you guys want to just say Italian uh, mozzarella like, at me and I'll say the Italian way to actually pronounce those? Mortadella. I would rather do Julia, it. That, that takes doing. away my fun. No, no, okay, no. I can't, okay. I can't. I can't. Uh, but yeah, I think Val is like, it's good. Just like, you know, spaghetti and meatballs isn't really a Italian Italian thing. It's an Italian American thing. Mm hmm. That makes sense. Yes. I wonder if you're going to say the same thing as Brandon, but there's like a real early so. 20th century immigrant thing about like baking a sandwich that has a ton of meat on it. Yeah. Because now you have access to that when you didn't have access to that when you were living in like fucking Sicily. Exactly. Yeah. I was just going to say, I would fuck up an Italian grinder. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that we had seen the same like food science or food like food heritage thing because I'm remembering <laughs> it from there. But no, I agree with Brandon. What Brandon said is better. Cut mine. I love that shit. That's one of my favorite sandwiches. So good. I will say, just speaking of the fucking Italian sub at wh- Smith Street Deli Babylon Turnpike. Oh, yeah. Thank you very much. It's so good. It's it's the best. It's one of the best sandwiches I've ever had in my entire life. Definitely the best cold sandwich because they put like a vinegary dressing as the the Italian dressing is so vinegary. That's why it's so good. Mm. Dude, you gotta Amanda. Next time you guys are in Merrick, go to My Hero. I know. I haven't taken you to My Hero yet. My Hero it's Academia? Just, that is no, inspiration it's for just, Joe Party. It's a, a shack. It was probably like a barn at some point. It's just like a shack in North Merrick next to the dry cleaner and a Carvel called My Hero. I and love that. They just have 12-inch heroes. They're like just chicken 
cutlet sandwich with the works is my favorite sandwich in the entire world specifically because it has that like oil and vinegar and oregano yeah. topping that they put on it all right i'm gonna borrow my dad's car and we'll meet up in my hero yes, i would please. fuck that sandwich up <laughs> brandon we'll gold belly it to you yeah yeah thanks yeah. <laughs> We'll send it to Gold Belly. They'll put it in dry ice and just wrap it, and then they'll send it to you. Okay, a couple more questions from Bernie. Does Milo have a favorite flavor of saltwater taffy? Oh, I'm sure. From Thornhill, the taffy maker. Yeah, I think he, I mean, like, he, he isn't very discriminatory when it comes to saltwater taffy. He likes it all. But I'm sure, like, um, I'm sure that Thornhill has, like, a Ethiopian super light roast, like, coffee flavor that's, like, got blueberry mm. essence, you know. It's a coffee flavored taffy. Yeah, and so I'm sure that's probably his favorite, and some you know some salt on there. I'm into Absolutely. it. Absolutely, I do like the idea of there being like taffy and fudge offerings, just as much as you go walk into a hipster coffee shop that has like single single origin. It's like this is single origin fudge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's Ethiopian. There's a um, I'm forgetting all origins of coffee as it comes. Yeah, there's out like of a Guatemalan. Head. There's Colombian, a Guatemalan. Guatemalan. Brazilian, yeah. 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 And finally, Bernie asked if Aggie is pro hunting, as in using the you know entire animal and like hunting for food and stuff, or hardcore animal conservation. That's a good question. It is a good question. I was trying to think about what about the answer here, and I think it's probably erring toward conservation preservation, but like particularly for you know people who historically and like as part of their culture hunt, you know, thumbs up, like keep doing your thing. Both preserver and multi tool versions of Aggie, I don't think would hunt herself but understands that um for some people it's it's uh you know useful and part of the world going around mm-hmm. also important for some conservation efforts because you'll mm-hmm. have like large packs yeah. of deer and stuff like that that will uh, decimate if they become overpopulated deers yes. just big rats pigeons <laughs> flying rats <laughs> rude rude to squirrels deers. rats with tails Correct. I, I sorry. I kept thinking about Bernie Sanders wearing camo, and I got distracted. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and we have some, of course, podcasting and IRL questions, which I always love. Lada says, "Super sandwich. It's got to be a soup sandwich combo for me. There's n- n- few better combos in the world." What? Amanda said soup or sandwich, but she was ordering for, at the counter in a Long Island deli. Right. Oh, I'm so sorry. she just said I'm super sorry. sandwich. Yeah. Uh, so Lada asked soup or sandwich. What the fuck is this a reference to? What episode is this? Oh, in the General. when I when General. I asked for oh. when I asked on Twitter for after party questions, I said like, yeah, ask us about our sandwich preferences. Oh, or whatever. okay, okay. And okay. then Lada said soup or sandwich. I like a cup of soup, half sandwich, lunch combo. Soup. All the way. I'm not a big sandwich person. I will eat like three different types of sandwich, but I would always prefer a soup. I know. It's inexplicable to me. But Brandon's I, I dying. Eric and I, and I have to leave the podcast now. Yeah, I know. I'm on strike. I'm not. <laughs> I, I'm learning about this about Julia. Yeah, super sandwich. I think the best combo would be, follow me, a cup of split pea soup and then like pastrami or really or corned beef sandwich mm. because the ordinarily I'm not like a blended soup kind of person, but split pea, if kosher version or not kosher version, because I know that the por- using pork stock in that shit is really really good, um, and then more meat to it, like savory on savory, like that is real good. I'm into that. I would go full sandwich. I always go full sandwich all the way. My hot take is that there's only like six good soups. Um, you, you, you would like, be wrong, but okay. Soup sucks. Soup is bad. What? Uh, Brandon, what? I'm going on First strike apples? again. First I need to now leave. soup? Stews, great. In between stew and soups, great. Like straight up soups where it's like broth and bullshit in it. Like just give me the bullshit and I'll eat that. <laughs> What? Brandon, I need to make I have to make you stock. I think that's Excuse me, I make stock regularly, Eric. I I know. It's just not very good. I don't want to drink on. my dinner. Okay, so you were starting to list the six good soups. Let's hear this one. Okay. Well, I, I don't count like I'm talking about like a like American or like American adapted soups. There's a lot of great soups that aren't American soups. Well, no, you can't just say only American soups. <laughs> soups are a universal thing. Soups are great. I know. That's, but why, like every, that's why every. That's why every culture has soups. Okay. Well, if if we're talking about like canned Campbell soups are generally bad. Yeah. yeah. No, we're talking about just soups or su- the only. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. If we're counting all soups, ramen obviously is top of the list. Yeah. 
incredible. Oh, okay. The best ever. Then you got like broccoli cheddar, always good. Then you got like minestrone with lots of vegetables, very good. And then you got that's about it. I will accept split pea. I don't like split pea, but I get why people like split pea. So you think chicken noodles bad? I don't think it's like. Okay, let me let me let me rephrase. It's not that it tastes gross. Like it's not that it's bad. Like it doesn't taste bad, right? But it's just the worst ex- food experience I could possibly have. <laughs> like you'd rather have those flavors and those foods in other forms than soup. Absolutely, I'd rather have some kind of like pasta with chicken or whatever and dill, and uh, have than have it like in a hot broth soup. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like we're, like, glossing over, like, French onion soup is fucking delicious. Tomato soup is also extremely Tomato good. Tomato soup, I'll give you probably second best soup. Butternut squash. Ramen. French onion soup can, it is good when it's, like, really made well, but I've only had one, like, one in my life that's been made well. Well, like, so is, like, any good sandwich. Like, a good sandwich is a delicious sandwich, but, like, the soggy shit that they put out at a fucking funeral is not a good fucking sandwich. No, those are, correct. <laughs> no, those are great. And if yeah. you... Yeah, if you get Eric like a loves, platter, Eric loves a room temperature sandwich. Yes, platter. I do. <laughs> oh, yes, I do. Oh, soggy! Like the 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 tomato has like soaked through the bread, and yeah. it's disgusting. Yeah, that yeah, just, that just makes it one big all bite. All pizza for Eric. is good pizza. All sandwich is good sandwich. That's the rule, baby. I would rather have shitty deli chicken noodle soup than a soggy fucking room temperature sandwich any single fucking day. I'm going to blow both of your minds. If someone for free gave me a cup of shitty chicken soup and like a soggy chicken (laughs) uh, turkey sandwich with mayo and tomato on it, I would take it happily and I would sit down and then I would help them clean up and take the leftovers home with me. You would dunk the sandwich in the soup. Yeah, and then I'd probably dunk the sandwich in the soup. I will say the one exception to my soup is boring and bad rule is that if I can eat the soup without any utensils and just like an entire baguette... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and that's oh, yeah. how I soup. Any that's food good. is good. Yeah, any food's shit, good yeah. with an entire baguette. Wow. I didn't expect this. It's it's a real kind of apples are bad because bad apples are really bad and great apples are just okay Brandon logic that we're applying here. Yeah, I think that's it. I think that's the logic. Maybe what I say, I think cuz I think when I'm saying food is bad, what I'm saying is like it's boring and not fun to eat. That's what I'm saying. Like apples are boring and not fun to eat except for like one kind, maybe two. Oh, oh I'm, man! I'm not with you, but I'm watching the I'm watching the fairy sail away. <laughs> you know what, Brandon? This also like explains a lot of like our disagreements on media to me as well. <laughs> Where it's like this entertained me to a certain extent, therefore I think it's a pretty good show. And you're like, no, bad. I do <laughs> have a lot of hard opinions, and it's bad now. I just love the idea of you two like yelling about bad soup and bad yeah. sandwiches, and then I'm over at like table five, just being like, "Fuck, thank you." <laughs> no, 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 no. Pastrami. Yeah. Oh my god. He's say- like, "Wow, there's a whole, there's like ten sandwiches still in the back fridge. I'll take that home so you don't have to throw it out." Uh, one soup that I have uh, had recently that I hadn't had before that was that is incredible is that Greek like I don't know how to pronounce it like av- avi avi yes yes or the like uh, lemon rice chicken yeah. soup it's, yeah that it's one's a real, real fucking good. I don't know why I don't know why Greece like patented lemon and and other foods together as, they were right. as a flavor combination. They were right. The mm-hmm. best part about a bad sandwich is the pickle that comes with it. Okay, I'm done. No, oh, then you oh, give it to Eric and No, a it. bad pickle. If you give me a bread and butter pickle, I will come to your house and punch you in the stomach. <laughs> well, who the fuck's giving bread and butter pickles with a sandwich? They're in Well, the people, the people giving that bad sandwich. Well, Julia, the uh the Trump Hotel on the oh, east side. God, fuck. Uh which had like a twenty-five or thirty-dollar hamburger that was terrible. Had literally Vlasic bread and butter pickles on why it. Why were you there? Don't ask me. Don't ask me why I was there. I had to. Uh, we, someone we were, else we, chose it. We had to go to a family thing, oh, and okay. someone chose it. We were forced to. We were forced. They to go. chose a restaurant on the East River because they thought that would be close to Brooklyn. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm not taking a boat no. there, so it wasn't. Um, it wasn't. Uh, it, anyway, yeah. They it it literally. I opened the burger and I was like, Eric, I smell it. It's Vlasic brand bread and butter. Like you, can, like you saw the rivulets yeah, that, that it, are in, in that. Okay, in the Eric, that feeling that you have about bread and butter pickles, which is correct. Bread and butter pickles should not fucking exist. They're fucking yeah, disgusting. Yeah, they're awful. Yes. Terrible. 
I will. Okay, I they like don't them. see. They don't actually taste bad, right? Like when you taste them, no, they're they not do. like offensive. No, I think they taste bad. They taste okay. bad. I think they, Never mind then. You can do any. You can do anything that you want with a half sour. Like I don't know why yes. you want a sweet pickle. I, no, well, I agree completely. Yeah. So that's yeah. what I'm referring to when I get a sandwich and there's a pickle wrapped in tinfoil on the side. That's yeah. never a bread and butter. That's I always never want like it. a half. No, but it's always like soft. It's always soft and weird. Yeah, yeah. But that's fine. I would rather have that pickle than eat that sandwich. I wow. No, I'll it's eat it, Julie. Julie I'll yeah. just give it yeah, to me. I'll eat it later. I can't believe you'll eat like a soggy sandwich and bad soup, but you won't eat mushrooms. <laughs> yeah, because mushrooms taste like the dirt of the ground, and, and that I love sucks. That. The only food that tastes like dirt is beets. We're never getting back on track of beets. I'm are, so sorry. Beets are incredible. Beets are, I like, I love okay. beets. Okay. <laughs> How do you like beets but not like mushrooms? That makes no goddamn sense. Uh, it's called, it's called trauma, Julia. That's why I don't like mushrooms. <laughs> oh, that's me and salmon. So I get it. Yeah, okay, there okay. you go. That's fair. That's fair. Amanda's like, I have all these questions. Amanda's like, I have all these no, questions. No, I, I had questions, folks. We can keep it for next time. That's fine. Thank yeah, you. It's totally good. good. Is there another good one in there that's going to send us off on a tangent? I'll uh, edit this. I don't give a fuck. Good. <laughs> you know, we had a lot of good podcasting and IRL questions that I am going to save. So if you ask us about like our process about podcasting, don't worry. We'll get you next time. Um, but we do have a Spice Dice Corner. So Eric, this is a new section you've introduced to the after party. Do you want to tell us a little bit about this? Spice Dice Corner. Nat, one. So, uh... Sassafras J has been tweeting at Join the Party over time, telling us about how they've been rolling their Chad dice. Because the Chad dice, notoriously, are a spicy. Lots of nat 1s, lots of nat 20s. So on October 19th, they said, felt like you should know the spicy Chad dice crit for me three times last night. And my wild magic barb and her wa- twin wild magic sorcerer broke a friend out of magic jail. Love you, Chad. <laughs> then follow up November 4th, Chad dice Crit five times last night, which was incredible. But then they followed up on January 22nd and said, Spice update, three nat ones in a row. Whoa, (laughs) that's some Emily Axford shit there. Have we actually done the salt cup test thing with one of those dice? I'm curious. We have. They're fine. They're fine. They are. They're just spicy guys. As all of you are getting your January dice, I know it's very funny. We released the January dice and then the the campaign has kind of taken. Yeah, we promptly did not mention it. You can buy dice of January now. You should buy them. (laughs) Join the partypod.com slash merch. The nat one is January's bow tie saying stop it. It's adorable. It's so cute. Um, So please tell us how your Chad dice and your January dice are going. We really want to hear about how they're rolling and how Mm -hmm. spicy they are. I'm pretty sure this shit is going to be super spicy for you. So we're very excited for you to share that. And then you can end up in the spice dice corner. There's some cumin, there's some oregano, and some spicy dice. Ooh. Ooh. I will say that people asked us a little bit about merch, too. Uh, Great Scott wanted a sticker or pin of the Queen Bee. People want us to make plushies and are thinking about the bee in January and other kinds of lovely friends from Campaign 2. I will say that we, we like, can't... We have a lot of dice, okay, people, and uh, you, you gotta you gotta buy the dice. And once you buy the dice, then we can think about what we're gonna make <laughs> next. So if you want something else cool coming down the line, you can help by buying some dice. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah! Or anything else you see on the store. Or Obviously, yeah. anything we, we else. Gotta get rid of it all. Got a clean house for new products. Yes. Well, just closing out a spice dice corner, which I love now. Um, Abby Zamet would like to know what does January think of the dice? Is he flattered? Does he know about Chad? I mean, I don't really like that you took something I said and then made merch out of it. <laughs> feels feels rude, but you should stop it. I have been telling you to stop it. Oh, January, do you do you want like a profit split? That was an option. I didn't think that was an option. You really should have. <laughs> yeah, I really wish you had offered that. What yeah. does a rabbit buy with cash? Cool jackets. Ah, for children. And really cool children's sneakers. Actually, no, my feet are big, so adult size sneakers. Yeah, he, uh, January has to go to uh, Mr. Parisi to get the jackets all form fitted, but mm-hmm. it looks adorable when they're done. I also get pants, but you gotta cut I cut out a space for my tail. Aww, cute. I'm very cute. Do what I say. Bye, <laughs> bye, January dice. All right, and as always, we have to finish in the spoily corner, where the answer is who can say. Who can say? say? I want to give a special shout out, particularly because now we got fan art of the spoily corner, and we—I'm trying to remember who did it because it it was—it was in an email, uh, so I haven't been able to share it yet. But 
we printed it out, and now it's in the office, so I get to look up at this fan art of Spoily Corner. Ellie. Ellie. Thank you so much, Ellie. It's incredible. We're going to post a photo of that uh, soon, So, but thank you so much for creating the Spoily Corner stuff. All righty. So with Spoily Corner looking down at us from our bookshelf, Valentine Cal would like to know from Twitter, are Milo and Lou just um, stuck inside this elevator now that Val cut the power supply? <laughs> Who, can Who can say? say? Who can say? Didn't really think about it in the moment. <laughs> Marina, Enchantress of Mayhem on Discord. Um, Eric, my dude, what's up with all these sentient and also ghost animals? How do Tuna and January tie into all this? Is this because of Dr. Morrow's work with the OTA or did they just copy each other's homework in conclusion? Eric, what the fuck emoji? <laughs> Who, can Who can say? say? Who can say? Moss. Is the bee evil? Please don't be evil. Also, was there magic hiding the roof? There was some barrier, if I remember correctly. Who can say? Who can say? I'm surprised by the amount of people who are very suspicious of this bee, truly, because I was not suspicious of the bee at yeah, I really all wasn't in the either. moment. <laughs> I felt myself saying I should be suspicious, but I love them. And uh, so we'll see how that turns out. What I do like is us getting kind of close to the end of campaign two is that like there are some secrets that I want to tell you, but I'm not going to tell you until this stuff's over. So like <laughs> when we do the final after party of campaign two, there are definitely some stuff I want to tell you. Yay. Bernie MPI, is Gutenberg only able to be a threat because he's learning to create pixel heroes from triplicate? If so, doesn't that make triplicate more important than Gutenberg? Also, side note, Queen B, why didn't you call Hive? That's true. Should've I was kind Hive. of enchanted. That's Sorry. Incredible. We were also in the middle of a heist, so we couldn't just yeah. like wait for Hive to show up. <laughs> but other other point, good point. Who can say? Yeah, I wonder. Like, is the you know, the person that makes the poison, the bad, the the big, big bad, or is it the person who learns to make the poison systematically? I don't know what you're talking about. That doesn't sound like me at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is a lot more to explore, a lot more to do, and a lot more of the OTA to find. So, everybody, I think that'll do it for now. You know we'll be seeing you next week and every Tuesday after that. Yeah. Hope you don't get sick of us. Yeah. Also, tuna and pizza on the night night of mirrors are fine. Everyone's don't, fine. Don't worry about them. They're oh, fine. Yeah. Everyone worried. They're fine. But tuna's just like hanging out in Milo's pocket. Pizza's yeah. like uh, asleep on a, a pillow, and so is the night of mirrors. The night of mirrors is also, also asleep, asleep on, on a pillow. pillow. Yeah, with the wife. There, the night of mirrors is with the wife. Come on. Hey, Eric, is that mo motorcycle still on the pillow with with them or? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You saw the image from the live show. Just the whole <laughs> this leg directly on the on the bed. All right, everybody. We'll see you soon. Bye, guys. Later. I will eat your leftover sandwiches. Just send, send me your leftover sandwiches. Just, no, okay. please don't. They might sit in the mailroom for days. That's fine. I'll probably still eat them. <laughs> your rolls trend ever upward. Ever upward.